What's going on, Marlins fans, and welcome back to the Marlins HQ podcast, episode number 10. I am your host, as usual, Ryan Schlesinger. No special guest today. It is just me, Ryan Schlesinger. You can go follow me on Twitter, at MarlinsRyan. And without further ado, let's get right into it, because we have a lot to talk about today. And I am actually recording this episode right now. It is exactly 2 a.m. I had a busy night here in Connecticut. I'll be flying back to South Florida on Tuesday. But Sunday, June 25th, 2 a.m., and I'm still recording a podcast. Had to get that one in. As we see today's rundown, an extra inning nail-biter win over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jacob Stallings with a three-hit day. Luis Arise is batting average still over 400 at 401. Brian Hoeing goes five hitless innings, and he gets pulled after those five. And we have plenty more here on the Marlins HQ podcast. So let's get right into it, and I wanted to start off with talking about Brian Hoeing because, well, that was quite interesting. Hoeing, who was pulled after five hitless innings, he was dealing, he was getting a bunch of just weak ground ball contact, doing what he does best, and uh, only two strikeouts in those five innings, but I'll definitely take it. The three walks kind of made it feel a little less dominant, a little less crazy. It was like, it wasn't necessarily like, Brian Hoeing has a no-hitter through five. It was more like, oh, Brian Hoeing hasn't given up a hit in five innings. It was like you kind of realize it because he did give up three uh, base runners via the walk, but still an incredible performance from Brian Hoeing. And I think that if you're Skip Schumacher, you don't pull Brian Hoeing after five hitless innings. I know he trusts his bullpen. They've been great all season. But it definitely feels weird to pull Hoeing with him pitching that great. And he was great against Toronto, too, the last time around. So now that's two great starts from Brian Hoeing after filling in uh, for Edward Cabrera in the rotation. He's been great. So I don't really know if he keeps pitching like this. I don't know what the future holds for Brian Hoeing. But he definitely is going to be here to stay. No DFA time coming soon at all for Brian Hoeing. I really like Brian Hoeing. And he's been pretty good in relief, too. His ERA is at 2.31. He's been good in some low-leverage relief situations, and now when the pressure is on, he goes five innings, gives up no hits, but he gets pulled, which it's just – I don't get why they would pull Brian Hoeing. He did not throw a lot of pitches at all. Brian Hoeing, uh, let's see. So Hoeing faced 18 batters, and he threw 65 pitches – 36 of them for strikes, even though that's kind of irrelevant. But only 65 pitches. Hoeing must have some stamina. He's not a reliever. This was not a bullpen game. I'm pretty sure Hoeing was brought up as a starter. There is no need to pull him after five. Maybe I know Skip maybe wants to kind of build confidence in Hoeing. But I think you should have at least let him out there for six. Now, if he still – let's say he gives him a hit in that sixth inning, but still has a scoreless frame, pretty sweatless, maybe just a – a two-out single, something like that, not a big extra base hit or any big worry. It would still make sense for you to pull him after six. I'm not saying to let him go as long as he can. Um, it, of course, Hoeing is still not a trusted starter, but he's starting to build or to at least get trust from me. So I don't see why uh, you don't give Hoeing that sixth inning if he continues to pitch like this. He got four last time, didn't allow an earned run, and now he gets five today. I'm thinking have Hoeing go six next time around if he's pitching 
very well like this and the pitch count is low like it was today, why not? Uh, why not let Hohen go out there and give him not as short of a leash is what I would say. Anyways, let's kind of get into the bigger picture. I'm sure all Marlins fans are aware. The Marlins won 4-3 to three today over the Pittsburgh Pirates, but kind of in a wacky way. It was looking very frustrating because Marlins were up 2 to nothing thanks to a Luisa Rise two-run home run. Yes, that's right. You're hearing me right. Luisa Rise, I'm saying this correctly, he had a two-run home run, a home run, just his third home run of the season. And one of those homers, obviously, in the game where he hit for the cycle. And uh, one of those homers, I believe, that was against the Nationals. So it's his second at Lone Depot Park and his third of the season. And his first against a non-NL East opponent. So it's such a rare occurrence that a rise hits a home run. I can name all three teams that he's homered against. The Phillies, the Nats, and now the Pirates. But uh, the craziest thing was that Skip Schumacher was being interviewed post-game. And he said that Arise told, I think it was the bench coach, that he would hit a home run in this at-bat. He was going out there uh, trying to hit a home run. And it wasn't didn't look like he was swinging for the fences because that's what he never does. But he was just aiming for a home run. He had that in his mind. He's like, hey, we're struggling to get hits here. We're struggling to knock in runners. Let me go in there and give the Marlins some guaranteed runs and not just get on base with a single. There was a runner on first base, I believe. It was Joey Wendell. Yeah, it was Joey Wendell on base after he reached on a single that was nearly ruled um, an out or they had to review it and the call was confirmed. So they must have gotten an angle where the ball came out of the glove of the outfielder who was trying to catch it. It looked like it was going to be probably not enough evidence to overturn, but it ended up being confirmed. So it was a real hit, according to the umpires and uh, not the umpires, but the people in the replay review room over in New York, I believe. Those are the people who get to decide it. So it was a real hit. It wasn't a cheapo. And then he ended up getting knocked in by Luis Arise, who's, I mean, he's just been sensational. It looked like it was an off day, an off game for Luis Arise compared to his standards. He was 0 for 2 going into that at bat. And then he hit that home run and he ended up being 1 for 3 because he was walked his next at bat. Then he got intentionally walked. There was a runner on second. He gets intentionally walked in a close game. They were able to retire Solaire after him, so it ended up working for the Pirates, a smart move. Solaire's been struggling as of uh, really lately. He's been struggling for the past uh, week or two. He's very hot and cold, but right now at the current moment, he is a cold hitter. 0 for 4, batting 248. I would expect him to stay like this. Hot and cold streaks. I think he'll finish around 250 batting average-wise at the end of the season. But Arise, he's just sensational. A one-for-three game with two walks like an off game for Arise where he's not at his best. Because the night before, he was three-for-four. This guy, it's just sensational what Luis Arise is able to do. He almost had uh, two hits, two walks, because one of them was a sharp ground ball to third. Uh, A nice play was made over at third base by the Pirates' third baseman, Cabrian Hayes. But it's, I, again, I'm speechless. It's very hard to describe how good Luis Arise is because he, he's just that good. And I'm going to say right here on the show, Luis Arise is winning National League MVP. I think he will hit around 400. Uh, it's going to be very hard for him to actually hit 400. 
but nothing tells me that he's going to stop hitting at this pace. So he's not going to change his approach. He, he's the most consistent guaranteed hitter in, in all of baseball. He never goes there and takes a big hack of it. He's just consistent swing, smooth little swing, and he gets the job done. He's like a tennis player. That's what I think it was Jeff Nelson. He said that on the Marlins broadcast. He serves the ball into different uh, parts of the field, or as a tennis player, it would be for uh, different parts of the court. He has the ball cross court, opposite field. Uh, he has like more opposite field hits than he does hits to uh, the right side. As you would forget he's a lefty. If you, you would not know he's a lefty, you would think he's a righty if you looked at his spray chart. It's just crazy what Luis Arise is doing. And there's no reason for him not to hit at least near 400, I would say. Uh, no lower than 385, 380 by the end of the season. And, yeah, I think he, he wins MVP definitely if he hits in that range. I think Acuna, there is a chance. There's a lot bigger of a chance that Acuna's batting average drops significantly uh, by the time that the season is over and the MVP race is coming down to the wire than Luis Arise. And if Acuna slumps a little bit in the second half, or at least doesn't keep this up and he hits around like 300, I don't know if 300, yes, he's hitting a lot of home runs. He's probably going to finish with 30 home runs. But I don't know if a 300 batting average with 30 home runs compares to a 400 batting average, which with uh, compared to uh, compares to a 400 batting average with uh, what will probably be seven or eight home runs at the end of the year for a rise anywhere. Uh, from five to eight home runs is what I would say for a rise. He's currently at three and we're near the all-star break. Maybe he'll have a little power surge. The very beginning of the season, it looked like he was not even capable of hitting a home run. He had like one home run. And now recently in the past two weeks, he's had two showing that he's capable of hitting it out of the yard a little bit uh, when he wants to, but he's never trying to hit it out of the yard. He's always trying to hit a single and sometimes doubles and occasionally home runs will be sprinkled in there, but it's so beautiful to see what Luis Rides is doing. He is my MVP, but I think I think that Ronald Acuna Jr. will get it just because the voters might be a little against the rise because they don't get to watch him on a daily basis. They don't see how special he is. They're going to look at the stats. They're going to be like, oh, Acuna hits so much more home runs. He's more valuable. I'd rather have Acuna than a rise, but, man, I mean, a rise is also at a disadvantage because the Marlins are small market. And Acuna will just get more talk, more hype, because he's on the Braves compared to the Marlins. But, I mean, the OPS Plus is very similar, but actually Arise has the advantage in the OPS Plus, if you want to uh, bring it to that conversation, too, because Acuna Jr. has a 156 OPS Plus, and Arise has 159 OPS Plus, so very close. But three ahead is going to be a very close race. That's all I'm going to say to finish it off. I'm very excited to see how that'll end towards the end of the season. The wild card race going to be very close and the MVP race for the Marlins Luis Arise uh next just wanted to quickly mention something Jacob Stallings had a three hit game today when he had two hits I was like Jacob Stallings two hits he usually doesn't even get a hit like this might be one of the first games this season that Jacob Stallings had a two hit uh showing probably only two or three other games this entire season and Stallings has been healthy the entire year and playing uh, at least two or three times a week. And he does not get two hit games. Then he got another hit, three singles for Jacob Stallings. The first time he's done it since you would have to go back to 2022. Back in August, he had one. And uh, even better, 
against his former team, the Pirates, or the team that he uh, that traded Jacob Stallings to the Marlins. Very interesting to see Stallings producing. And I'm not expecting anything from Stallings, but maybe if he could just hit a little bit better in the second half, maybe hit a little above 200 in the second half and uh, get his batting average up a little, just a little bit. That's all I'm asking for. All I'd like is in the second half only, just hit like 210. That, that, that can't be asking for too much. I just don't want that awful production from Jacob Stallings who's an automatic out. I would I would take Jacob Stallings getting a hit once every five at-bats. Like, I would take that, but in the first half, he's been getting a hit like once every 15 at-bats. It's just pathetic. I just hope Jacob Stallings could at least hit a little bit better in the second half. You can't go downhill from this. He's at rock bottom, currently hitting 187. It was in the 160s, the high 160s for this game. His batting average went so uh, so much higher just from this three-hit game, which is crazy. But that's how bad he's really been. And meanwhile, Arise, who's getting three-hit games, it boosts his batting average by like three points. It's just crazy. That's pretty much all I wanted to talk about here on this podcast. A quick one. It's now 2.13 a.m., so I kind of want to go to bed. I'm not too tired, though. Obviously, I wouldn't be recording this pod if I was that tired. I'm, I've had a ton of energy. But um, that's almost it. Just had to mention one more thing, which is that the Marlins are 10 games over 500, and the bullpen is starting to worry me, just or concern me, I would say, just a little bit. A.J. Puck did not pitch today. He blew the game last night. They ended up losing. But it was Tanner Scott who came in, and he allowed one run. It was a one-run game, and I get that. I'm not really complaining because he had no margin for error. It's just frustrating because Pirates were down their final strike, and then there was a walk. I think he lost him. I believe it was two and two. It might have been one and two. It was two and two, three and two, and then a walk, or it might have just been two and two. And then two consecutive balls. I don't remember. But uh, the bottom of the line is he had him to the final strike. And then he walked him. And then there was an RBI double to tie up the game. But Tanner was able to limit the damage. Thankfully, that would have been a lot worse if he wasn't able to limit the damage because the Marlins weren't able to score in the bottom of the ninth. So he would have lost us the game. And somehow, Oscar Brazovan, he gave up. A run, he allowed the inherited runner to score in the 10th. Marlins came ba- right back at the Pirates, though. And in the uh, bottom of the 10th, they scored a run, took it to the 11th inning. And then it's Andrew Nardi, who's the only guy that I would say I have zero concerns at all, uh, is Andrew Nardi, because he, he's been so elite. And again, he's been a great, you could call him cleanup man, cleanup on aisle seven for Andrew Nardi. That's kind of his job. He is always able to uh, just not let the inherited runner score. And again, with the extra inning automatic runner placed on second, he did not allow that runner to score. And that ended up winning the game for the Marlins. They only needed to score one run to walk it off with a runner starting on second in that inning. And it was John Birdie who delivered with a walk-off single. And today, a 24,668 attendance today at Lone Depot Park, nearly 25,000. And it was one of the most crowded games this season. Uh, it, it's definitely up there with opening day on Puerto Rican Heritage Day and on their City Connect Day where you wear red 
Tomorrow, the Marlins will have a 140 Sunday game to wrap up the seven-game homestand before they will go to Boston and then Atlanta. Things are looking good. And, you know, I don't think tomorrow's a must-win game, obviously, but you'd love to win it and be 11 games over going to a crucial road trip before the All-Star break comes because the All-Star break will be here before you know it. And that's going to do it here on the Marlins HQ podcast, episode 10. I will see you on episode number 11. Thank you guys for watching. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Marlins Ryan. And make sure to share this podcast with anyone you know who would be interested because I'd really appreciate it as a young aspiring broadcaster looking to grow my platform and hopefully make it big one day uh, with the Marlins or without the Marlins. I- I'm just hoping that, that my dreams can come true. So again, thank you for listening or watching if you're listening on Spotify or watching on YouTube. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Let's go, Marlins.